Welcome back to the Meet St. Louis podcast, the show taking you behind the scenes of your favorite restaurants, breweries, and small businesses. I'm your host, Alexis Sotos with KMOV. For Big Muddy Mike Clark, the rivers have always held a fascination. The history, the adventure into nature, and of course, river time. The idea of stepping away from life's distractions and finding peace on the water. The founder of Big Muddy Adventures got his first real taste in 2001 when he made his first source to sea trip. That means from the farthest point north on the Mississippi in Minnesota to the Gulf of Mexico, all on a canoe. It might seem crazy, but in this week's episode, he explains the challenges, but also the perspective gained. And now he gives a taste of that to people here in St. Louis with his company, Big Muddy Adventures. Whether it's a day trip or a week-long trip, he gives people a chance to see the rivers, but also see the city from an entirely new angle. So let's meet Mike. All right, Mike. Well, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Oh, it's great to be on the podcast. Thank you. So talk to us about what Big Muddy Adventures is for those that might not have ever heard of it before. Well, uh, Big Muddy Adventures is a uh, <clears throat> primarily a river guiding and outfitting business here in the uh, uh, St. Louis region. Uh, and we focus uh, most specifically on the Great Rivers, meaning the Missouri and the Mississippi. And, um, you know, we veer off onto the Merrimack at times and things like that. But basically what we do is, is um, we outfit people and guide them in in canoes and kayaks on the uh, great rivers. You know, for people that live in St. Louis, those rivers are something that they've really seen most of their lives, but I bet a lot of people have never actually been on them. Is that an experience you often hear from people? Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, the river has always been kind of mythologically a place of uh, danger and, and filth and, and uh, most people are very wary of, um, you know, even going down near the river, let alone yeah. getting on the river. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 not surprising at all when people come to uh, join us on a river trip that they come with, uh, you know, not only their own uh, sentiments about the river, but, you know, they tell their friends or their family, oh, we're going canoeing on the uh, on the Mississippi River. And their family and friends are questioning their mental health. Like, why would you <laughs> do that? You know? And so, yeah, it's, it's clearly, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a thing for us with, uh, with regard to how people really approach the rivers. And what's the experience that they have once they're finally out there? By and large, uh, I, I get a sense that most people are, are uh, overcoming some, you know, some simple things like um, a beer. Uh, an unfounded fear, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, if you were in a burning building, you would have great beer and that would be a legitimate beer, right? But <laughs> yeah. uh, in the case of, you know, canoeing on the Mississippi or Missouri, uh, they come to it with this kind of unfounded beer, like, you know, the, the, it's all built up going into it. And then literally we get their butts in the boat and get them out on the river and that beer is is simply goes away in fact they're almost shocked that uh it seems easy and that you know they don't have a sense of uh, you know um doom or dread they they start to uh settle into what we call river time you know just kind of a 
peaceful pace going at the speed of really the earth, you know, the moving water. We are canoeing, so, you know, we really can't go more than a mile an hour or two at best faster than the river. So uh, that really changes people's perspective. Well, and it also, it also gives them a new perspective of seeing the city from a very different view. Oh, that's, yeah, that's really the point in, in, in many ways for us is uh, um, people see St. Louis from, you know, many angles. You know, if you're, um, you know, if you read newspapers and things like that, then you, and, and listen to podcasts or things like that, um, yeah, you have a, a very different sense of, of what St. Louis is. But, you know, in essence, St. Louis is the great river city. It, 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 it was founded that way and it remains so. Uh, and so, yes, going into the arch uh, by canoe really completely changes how people see the city itself. You know, there's there's a bit of magnificence to see in the arch from that side of the, uh, you know, from the river. Mm hmm. How did you get started doing this? Have you always been a fan of being out on the water? Uh, what's what's your backstory? Well, um, <clears throat> I'm not actually from St. Louis originally, um, um, but I moved here 20 years ago. And where are you from and originally? I'm from Chicago. Okay, and uh, you know, and so I was a school teacher in Chicago for. Um, like 18 years. And then, uh, as a family, we decided, um, we would move and we moved here to St. Louis. And, and honestly, I was pretty frustrated, uh, at that time with, uh, teaching in general, it was mm -hmm. just, uh, it was difficult. And so I had this little, uh, idea that I might try something very different as a teacher. And so essentially I moved to St. Louis and then within three months, uh, I got in a canoe with two other, uh, gentlemen, and we paddled the entire length of the Mississippi River and taught school wow. while we went. Yeah, it was it was a real uh, unique uh, expedition. Where did you guys start? And at the top? We did. We started at Lake Itasca, and uh, it was September of, of 2001, September 4th. So actually, September 11th happened seven days into wow. uh, this expedition. And we were literally, we had enrolled like 15,000 students into this virtual environment. Um, and, and so, you know, we had to make a choice at that point, September 11th, everything was, you know, thrown up for grabs in many respects. And, and yet, you know, we got all these messages out uh, on the river and, you know, kind of a remote place of the river, far Northern Minnesota. And uh, we got all these messages that, you know, Hey, you should really continue this because, uh, you know, it's a nice uh, distraction, so to speak, for the kids who were just seeing the towers mm -hmm. falling around a loop and all that. So we did. We stayed out there and we completed the entire expedition. And, uh, you know, the, the virtual schoolhouse um, uh, did well uh, as a as an education initiative. And from that from that first trip, which was a full, you know, full on uh, source to see of the Mississippi river, uh, I kind of fell into like this, this is cool. I like it. And it seems like it's well received. So then the very next year, uh, I went to the headwaters of Missouri with, one, with a, a man who became one of my dearest friends and was already in the canoe business down in Clarksdale, John Rusky at uh, Quapaw. And he and I paddled a uh, dugout canoe. Uh, from Three Forks, Headwaters in Missouri, to here in St. Louis, doing basically the same thing, teaching school. And so, you're and just, so far, how are you teaching them? Is it just like um, 
via, I guess, like Zoom or something like that. Talk, how Explain that to me. Well, so, you know, this is 2001, 2002. Before Zoom. <laughs> yeah. You know, there, yeah, way before. I mean, you know, my <laughs> cell phone, the cell phone that I had probably only worked 10% of the of the time mm-hmm. on the river. But we had a satellite phone oh. that we used, and that allowed us to do, like, data uploads and stuff like that. But, you know, here again, it was, like, something along the lines of, like, nine kilobytes per second or something. I mean, you know. It, it was just ridiculous. We would, uh, the picture that we sent every day, we could only send one picture was like one of those old thumbnail pics. Right. And it took like eight minutes to upload. So it was really, really, but we would send out these data packages that involved um, kids who were doing projects, research and all of these things. And we were basically like the Mars Rover out there, you know, they would send us request to do certain things and we would do them and report back and then they would do some analysis with their teachers or you know their homeschool parents or whoever and and then the next day we'd get more requests and we'd send back more information so it just became a very rudimentary interactive yeah way before zoom i mean yeah (laughs) right Well, I yeah. actually want to walk back a little bit to that that first source to see uh, trip because I'm so fascinated by that. So, how long did it take to get from northern Minnesota all the way down to uh, the Gulf? I guess. Is that yeah, where we you went actually okay. out to the Gulf. Yeah, so the Mississippi River uh, starts at Lake Itasca, and um, you know it traverses right down the middle of the country. It's you know both the artery. Uh, you know, and I hate to say it, the colon of America, you know, we, we dump a lot of things into this river mm-hmm. <clears throat> and yet it's still kind of the lifeblood of, you know, like 65% of, of the contiguous is, you know, the watershed here. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, so we started September 4th and we paddled, uh, to mile zero, which is, you know, they call it head of passes and it's south of New Orleans, uh, about 110 miles or so. So it's, you know, way down in the birds foot. And then from mile zero, we actually went 12 miles from there out what's called South Pass and ended up on the beach looking out at the Gulf of Mexico. So that took us till November 21st, I believe, like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So I'm guessing it was about 80, a little under 90 days to do it. What was uh, that like? What was the the best part of of experiencing really America from that viewpoint. Well, uh, from the point of view of like you know, like I like history. That's kind of one of my uh, you know favorite things to um, you know dive into. And from that point of view, you know, you, you I was witnessing you know, kind of a, a sense of history and it was more geographic and related to the river. So, you know, you pass from the far north into the deep south and, uh, you know, so much history has been made by the river and, you know, culture and music and all of that. So literally I got this firsthand kind of um, view of um, how interconnected we really are. You know, you, you, um, you don't hear the word y'all in 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 minnesota and you don't hear the word you betcha down in new orleans but you know the sentiment is no different um from from north to south and and so you know there's the old river saying that you know we all live downstream meaning we're downstream of somebody and um and we're interconnected so deeply by the river and yet it, it you know it's not something pressing not something you 
think about or consider, but it's it's very true. So I really acquired this great appreciation for, you know, the variance of culture and uh, and the interconnectedness and tried to pass that along. I mean, I, that was the goal was I was trying to make a connection from my experience so that kids could uh, make a connection in their own way. What were there any big challenges along that trip or other trips that you've done since then? Uh, well, I, you know, the, the honest truth is, is that when you paddle in canoes, of course, you know, if you're not solo paddling, then you have to build a relationship with the <laughs> person or people that are in the boat. Uh, one of my jokes is canoeing is not a relationship maker. It's a relationship breaker. If you're not, if you don't go into it with a very good mindset that you're going to have to do these uh, conflict resolutions interpersonal and that if you don't do them well, why then your expedition or your trip is not going to a finish. And then you, you find yourself feeling very badly about how that goes. And so I was lucky in that uh, uh, I have paddled uh, most often with uh uh, a great friend in, in, in Mississippi, Don Rusky, and uh, he and I, you know, had figured out very quickly that, you know, we were uh, going to overlook um, a lot of little things and that whenever something big started to creep in, you know, not monumentally big, but mm-hmm. just, you know, after 90 days of being 10 feet apart, <laughs> things can start to and so uh, you know basically uh that was one of the great challenges was to you know every day wake up way before sunrise and start a fire and make coffee and do all that and do that as a team uh and so i would say that was one challenge as far as the river itself um you know the mississippi as an example is really almost like four different rivers uh you have the headwaters um which is you know in Minnesota and it's a, a narrower channel and clearer. And then you get to Minneapolis and you start on the upper Mississippi, which has uh, tow boats and commercial navigation and a lot of boating traffic on the upper. And then you get to Alton where the last lock and dam of the river is. And, uh, you know, you come through that lock and dam and enter the middle Mississippi and it becomes, and, and the lower Mississippi. And it's like, a, it's like a galloping horse that's just coming out of sea, you know, it gets going and there's a lot of flow. And then when you reach Baton Rouge, you end up in the, you know, the last section of the river. And that's uh, really different because now you have a very deep channel and you have ocean going vessels. And, and also that whole reach down there, Baton Rouge to New Orleans is, you know, kind of like chemical alley. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, petrochem plants all along the river. And, it, mm. you know, it's, it's a very different experience than, the other parts of the river so um yeah going through all four of those is um you know it's a it's an education in and of itself you know as a paddler and so on so absolutely i mean my family uh has been boating on the mississippi uh up near alton and grafton um since we were kids and i can't imagine doing it all in a canoe that's a that's a totally different experience for i feel like so many people it, it really is. And for most people, it was for me, it was, it was really a life changing um, experience for me from both a professional point of view. It led me into something that I had not anticipated. I would find so much joy doing guiding and teaching. But on the other side too, is that, um, you know, at that slow pace and there are, all, it's, it's remarkable. It's kind of like the Appalachian trail or mm-hmm. the Pacific Crest trail. Now there's a good number of people that are doing source to sea expeditions every year and you know like they 
they all kind of remark the same way that there's a certain point where you become one with yourself. You become very self-aware because you are <clears throat> kind of metronomically doing, you know, paddling. You're doing this thing that is so repetitive that it, you know, you almost find yourself in a trance a lot of the time. And in that kind of state, you tend to think through things in your own life and, and how it reflects out to others. And that's a really powerful experience and it was true for me um that really i came home from that and uh you know i wasn't going to have arguments over uh the toothpaste cap being <laughs> off or anything like that you know i looked at things like there are trivial things that you know aren't worthy of uh you know uh, big debates or anything you just work through them you try and and that's kind of the experience i've had and i hear from many of the others that they they also find that true and so when we're guiding and outfitting now you know we're we're giving a just a spoonful taste right. of that peacefulness and that you know kind of uh, self-awareness well that's what i was going to say you know most people you know don't have that 90 days to really do a trip like that but you're able with the adventures you guys have created here to sort of give people a little taste of that I, yes, we do. And, you know, our day trips, which, you know, we're doing quite often now, um, um, which, you know, we're taking people from uh, the Chain of Rocks area, so the northern uh, part of the city of St. Louis, all the way down to the Arch. And that's, you know, four hours or something like that. And, you know, it's it's they really do have a uh, uh, an experience that impacts them um, it, it, you know, in deeper ways, ways that I don't even really uh, see. Um, but I hear later on from people that that's true. And so that single day trip um, often, I kind of, I make the uh, joke, I guess it's a joke that, you know, it's like, oh, I went to Ted Drew's and I got a spoonful when I really want the whole darn cup. You know, mm -hmm. that day trip is kind of like a taste of what there is. And then we offer these multi-day trips where you get to really settle in and uh, experience it so two days and three days and four days on the river is kind of getting the whole cup uh and then if you know if you uh so desire to go and do 90 days on the river why <laughs> you know we're not doing very much of that honestly right. we're not going to go the river. and so talk about some of the things in addition to those day trips you do do those longer trips those overnight ones talk about those and and why that was so important to to kind of start up well one um like i just said i think that um we call it river time you know it's this uh sense of time or lack thereof in some ways that is related to really an earth time you know on our multi-day trips for example um people very quickly settle into going to bed and rising according to the sun schedule mm -hmm. you know and and if you do that for a few days um and that's not common for most people when they're on land is to you know do that kind of thing um but when you do that for a couple of days your body really and your and your your body really adapts to it and uh and, and allows you to kind of be more aware and you start to see interesting things that you might not pay attention to otherwise. So the multi-day trips really uh, are ways in which we can uh, uh, get people to uh, have a, a different sense of their time and how they relate. Um, and then, of course, um, we have one as an an example coming up in a, about a week now. It's a, the last weekend of, of, of September, and it's one that uh, is kind of dear to my heart because it's 
tied into history and tied into St. Louis and and the origins, the Euro origins of St. Louis. And we call it the French Corridor Trip. So we're going to head out uh, on Friday morning and uh, and end in St. Genevieve on Sunday afternoon. And along the way, we've kind of thematically and, and built into this uh, a food kind of theme where we we actually have a great friend coming along on this trip, uh, Josh Galliano, who uh, is, you know, uh, a great chef who lives here in St. Louis. And and he actually grew up on the Mississippi River down near Bonacare, down mm. in Louisiana. So, you know, his connection to the river is like he got the mud in his toes when he was a baby. You know, and so he ha- and he he he's really excited. I and talking to him about the idea of kind of looking back historically at what French voyageurs and French people, like the founding people of St. Louis, would have eaten, <clears throat> and that's kind of tied into this. <clears throat> yeah, that's always a cool idea. That idea of bringing in food with history, uh, and especially that that place and time, and you really are <laughs> traveling back in time almost in the way that you're traveling and the route you're traveling. Yes, very much so. Um, Food is really a a big part of Big Muddy Adventures. I I am not, excuse me, I'm not a uh, foodie per se, you know, but, but I realized early on that, you know, when we go to a trip and it doesn't matter if it's a simple day trip or these multi-day trips, we have to bring along some type of sustenance, some snacks or in our case now it's lunches or we're doing you know food has become a really important part of 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 our trips and they're kind of the leading edge from you know our point of view like we're really focusing in on on not only the safety and the and the experience of paddling but then we stop on these islands and we make these meals that are you know um, I think really, really good. And so food is all a big part of this. Um, and, uh, that ties, that ties a lot of things. It ties St. Louis to us, you know, St. Louis is such a great food city. I mean, listen to your pod- podcast that you literally have a, a total sense of, of well, how great it is. Absolutely. And, you know, there's so much influence on the food in our city from the river and what that river has meant and the, and the different cultures and the different people that this that St. Louis has really um, started on with this river. Um, so it's really incredible. And, you know, it's not you mentioned it, you're creating great food out there and it's it's not easy to to cook up a great meal on an island in the middle of the river. Definitely true. Um, <laughs> definitely true. Uh, but you know, the other side of this is a bit of a joke. It's my joke. I wouldn't say this to Fiona or anyone else who's doing our food or even the chefs who come out there, but you know, I have this sense that we could serve Pelican poo out there, but (laughs) because the ambiance is so good, they'd be like, well, this is a very interesting dish. What is it? You know, Pelican (laughs) poo. Oh, it's great. You know, so, but on the other side of that, you know, the, it's a healthy food. We do not use stoves on the river interestingly we always cook by fire so we gather wood we make fire and we cook on that fire so you know cast iron and things like that are part of part of the deal and and uh, it's it's almost like dinner theater in some ways because if you cook in front of people you know they're really interested and you know you have to be careful you know but uh it does add to the whole uh experience do you hope that st louis 
can eventually um, really embrace our river more than we do now. Um, I feel like sometimes we feel really disconnected to our river despite it running along our downtown. We are disconnected. That's true, Alexis. You know, you said it at the uh, beginning here that, you know, people drive over the river, you know, almost daily Mm -hmm. for many people as a commute or traveling. And, and, you know, they barely even glance down at the river. You know, it's like just a thing that's out there. And yet, you know, all of our water, you know, that we drink and, and our sewage goes back to that river and all of these things, industry, large scale industry is built up along the river. And um, and that's not a cognizant thing for St. Louisans. Now, when it becomes cognizant is when the river goes to major blood stage mm-hmm. and then it hits the news. You know, that's when the river, you know, starts to uh, appear in people's lives. It's not on the day-to-day basis you leave the bank of the river here in st louis we do trips right here we never leave the city and yet we're seeing you know nested pair of american bald eagles herds of deer on island coyotes you name it the and the bird life is fantastic this is the uh, migratory you know uh flyway the mississippi river so you never even leave the city and yet you feel like you've gone into this very remote place and that's true any reach along the river except for let's say the port meaning downtown and south st louis you are disconnected from you know the urbanness of st louis and you connect back to you know what it always has been which is a very natural and and very important geographic place so um that part of it do you find yourself um ever thinking back to those teaching moments and wish you had started doing this earlier that's a good question uh honestly no i i uh, this came about very organically for me it wasn't you know i didn't really see it in 2001 as something that you know i saw my teaching career changing that was guaranteed but i never really saw it evolving evolving into guiding and then trying to get as many people to experience st louis from these rivers and to help people acquire an appreciation for this great city from a perspective of the river. Um, and so I never really saw the teaching aspect of it, uh, other than that I do do, you know, we do kids. Uh, right. and, and and that's, you know, that's my peanut butter and jelly there. That, you know, kids trips are really my favorite. But, you know, this particular year, you know, that's just uh, a really difficult situation. Sure. Um, getting kids on the river is not not in the uh, pandemic plan very much. So Yeah, pandemic has, has definitely uh, transitioned so many people's plans. But I do think that one thing we have seen is a lot of people really connecting back with nature, getting back out on the water or getting out on the hiking trails. That's something that has um, really been able to happen this year. It's amazing, uh, you know, by May, after, you know, everyone experienced, you know, a good 60 or 90 days of quarantine, um, by May, there was, you know, a visceral sense that people were literally going straight to a hiking trail, a biking trail, or in many cases, paddling. And, and we were able to open up this year at that point because, uh, you know, we were in this natural environment with really big canoes. So the social distancing in our canoes is, 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 is reasonable enough 
from our point of view and I guess others that we could get people out there. So yeah, it was really interesting to see how people's appreciation for nature uh, just, you know, became so heightened from the fact that they weren't going outside, you know, you're stuck inside and it's, you know, awful. So it's uh, a new appreciation for, for what's around us. And I, I think that big money adventures is, is exactly about that is really taking this thing that is present in our everyday lives and exploring it from a different perspective. And, you know, Big Money Adventures is, you know, um, I'm the founder and senior guy, but Big Money Adventures today, you know, in 2020 is is a team. Uh, Rue Yowitz is, uh, you know, he's our general manager and uh, he he's a great river guide. And, and you know, you, I believe you've even interviewed him on this podcast and you, you understand where his heart is. And then, you know, on beyond that, we have uh, six other guides and people doing the various things that we have to do uh, to make this happen. And every single person has really got their heart in this and, uh, and is talented. You know, we, we, we work very hard at this and uh, those talents and, and the leadership and all that is kind of uh, gelled for us. And, and that may be the thing I appreciate the most about, you know, from 2001 to now is, is that, uh, you know, the people that have come to help me and then become a part of this, you know, integrally have, have taken it to levels I just couldn't see. And, uh, that's a blessing. I, I will never, uh, cease to, uh, uh, be mindful of. Well, and I imagine they each bring a different perspective, a different love of the city and the river and what it has to offer. Very much, and different talents, you know, uh, different talents, uh, and uh, yes, exactly, um, different uh, educational backgrounds and so on, and yet it all kind of comes together in that, you know, sense of purpose, and uh, and that purpose is really to, uh, you know, uh, give St. Louis uh, a perspective of itself that that isn't what is we're seeing often in the news and otherwise so um everyone's dedicated to it no doubt You heard Mike mention their upcoming French Corridor expedition this weekend with Chef Josh Galliano. It is just one of the adventures you can find more information about on their website. It was really a fun time to chat with Mike. You can tell he is one of those people that is just super passionate about what he does. And we love to hear that he has been a fan of the Meet St. Louis podcast since our first episode. It means so much to us to hear that. And we just want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners, both the new ones and those who've been with us since the beginning. We always appreciate it when you share our podcast on social media. And if you feel inclined, we would love if you left us a review on iTunes. It really does help others discover the Meet St. Louis podcast. And of course, all the amazing people here in St. Louis. This episode was produced and edited by JJ Bailey.